Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast for anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 351 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is the founder and creator of Digital Minds, an award-winning innovation program. Her forte is embedding design thinking, future-focused skills, and a creative mindset within traditional roles in the insurance and corporate tech worlds. Using her 30 years of technology and specialty insurance experience, She brings to life discovery, ideation, innovation and cultural change within insurance organisations. She focuses her passion on developing career longevity and digital confidence across all ages and levels, and capability and curiosity in business practitioners of all roles. She has a deep-seated belief that to future-proof your career, An ever-agile generalist approach to support industry and customer needs is the key to happy staff, happy leaders and happy clients. So it's my absolute pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Caroline Bedford. Oh, thank you, Phil. And I feel that episode 351 is going to be one to watch for sure. (laughs) Indeed, exactly right. Um, Caroline, I'd like to maybe start by by understanding a little bit about your background, um, obviously from an insurance perspective, but also from a tech perspective. So can you maybe give us a bit of a an intro, if you like, into your career and, and how you ended up creating Digital Minds? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thanks, Phil. So um, I have to go a little way back, back in time, um, to the late 80s, in fact, which is, which is when I started to work in the insurance, specialty insurance sector in London, um, and then very quickly found my way into the technology space, which definitely wasn't called technology back then. Um, so it was the late 80s, uh, and I was working um, for a managing agent um, as a sort of a, a I guess, a sort of a, a, a general administrator at the time. And um it was when personal computers were just arriving on people's desks, um, if we can yet but believe that. Um, and I was really lucky that uh, there was a, a an actuary in, in the team uh, that I was working in, and and he was a little bit of a, um, I guess, a rebel or a somebody who was interested in technology as well. And um, back in the day, he was. He was doing his analysis on Lotus One Two Three, which was a you know very early uh, spreadsheet um, system. Uh, I was quite interested in what he was doing. He was just delighted to have somebody interested in what he was doing, um, and as a result, was quite happy to answer my curious questions. Uh, so when some of the manual systems were going to uh, be put online, um, a local area network was going to be built, and regional insurance offices were going to be connected uh, I, I put myself forward as a somebody who would be an ideal person to be trained to be a systems administrator um, very much the you know just just one step ahead of anybody else at the time uh, and that's how I first sort of got to dip my toe into technology 
really almost as it was being sort of uh, rolled off the assembly line and appearing in the organisation. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, just from my perspective and having worked in a, in a similar um, area as yourself in the insurance sector, I, I always get the feeling that the insurance sector is a little bit of a step behind when it comes to technology. And I think that's partly cultural. Mm-hmm. But did you find the sort of adoption of technology and systems quite slow? Or did you find it was it was quite revolutionary within insurance? Um, well, I think that you know there's different pockets of insurance. Um, and I would say that some organisations are more forward thinking than others. But certainly back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, I think there was a, I think that there was a slow start. But once uh, once things had become um, computerised, uh, as the as the phrase would go, um, things did move quite quickly at the time in terms of putting files online, um, email, you know, um, so, you know, being able to have a, a, a database, you know, very much black screen green text, of course, um, but things did move into a sort of more technical world, uh, as did I. Um, and my my main interest then was understanding how people could use this technology and more importantly, how people could f- feel comfortable with using this technology, which is funny, isn't it? Because it's not it's not really that different to now. Um, but certainly back in those days, it was very much people bending to the technology and not vice versa. So, um, so from, from that and my interest in bringing together tech and humanity, so to speak, um, that's when I became a business analyst, business consultant for a, a big global software company. Um, and I used my knowledge and interest in technology and people to look at how technology could be used to improve working environments and improve processes and efficiencies. Right. Okay. So we won't necessarily dip into your whole career because we could probably spend a long time in terms of discussing what the you know, companies and so forth. So, but what it'd be very useful to know is how you you came to a point in your career where digital minds came about. So, yeah. what was the trigger for that? Yeah. So I sort of alluded to the fact that behaviour and technology was always my thing, but. Um, not not something that was really that interesting because at that time in teaching people how to get the best out of technology in some ways could be you know shortcut keys and f7 um which you know to the best of to the best of my uh, ability there's only so much interest that you can put into that um but things did start to change um and have start and have begun continuing to change so i would say you know maybe in in the insurance space, the 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 term insure tech started to, to sort of bubble up into common parlance probably five or six years ago, um, and uh, we were, everybody was was fearful of the disruptors and uh, you know Amazon's about to come and eat your lunch and if you don't start to take notice then no job will be left to have. Um, and I kind of started looking and thinking, hmm, what do I think about that? What do 
what's my perception on that? Because you know, sort of having 25 years of experience, I did have a few thoughts as to certainly some urgency was helpful, but you know, terrorising people, maybe not not as ideal. Um, so I worked for a big organisation, DXC Technology, uh, and had the opportunity to, to connect with insurance clients in a different way. Uh, I wanted to connect with them in a different way. I wanted to be able to do, we talk about thought leadership a lot, don't we? But I actually wanted to really create true thought leadership by bringing insurance practitioners into a sort of technology space and breaking down that them and us kind of culture um, by showcasing what technology could do, what what improvements it could bring, but importantly, how how it needed humans to really be able to understand how to get best out of it. And, and this is where sort of the, the origin of Digital Minds came about. Um, it came about as a kind of thought leadership program to help people with traditional roles in insurance, like underwriters and adjusters and actuaries, etc., to really sort of get behind the curtain of technology you know, at that time everybody you know was talking about blockchain and you know, all sorts of things in the sort of 2015 and, and really help them sort of demystify what it meant and also as importantly to to bring those customers properly into the process so it's just really understand the problems and the opportunities from their perspective and that's that's how digital mind started uh, there was an ulterior motive as well, which was uh, at the time, especially in the specialty insurance market in London, where um, it sort of digitalized was born. Um, there was sort of underlying subcurrent that um, innovation and change in technology was really the domain of the under 35s. And that you know only these amazing, bright young things could actually have great ideas and make a difference. So part of digital minds came about because I had to create a club that I could be part of. Um, <laughs> yeah, so built my own. <laughs> Excellent, right. Okay, I think that's as good a reason as any. I think so too, definitely. I thought, hang on a second. You know, uh, we, we kind of, um, we're talking about inclusivity and I don't think you can be inclusive by being exclusive. So um, yeah, so Digital Mind started, we're now, that was while I was at DXC um, and I was able to build Digital Minds into an innovation education process, formal process. Uh, and then in um, 2020, 2021, um, I left EXE uh, and I created my own startup, InsureTech startup called EDI, which is an acronym and stands for Educate, Develop, Innovate and Inspire. Um, and with the blessing of DXE, I was able to take Digital Minds into EDI uh eddie's grown we're now in year three which is a relief and um digital minds has just grown and grown and now it's a a, a formal education program to help people from the insurance arena uh, from more you know, potentially traditional roles um become innovative become design thinkers and add those really important complementary tech skills to their business specialisms brilliant okay great well that gives us a fantastic introduction i think into you and, and what what eddie and digital minds is all about so thank you for that caroline so we're going to go into more 
the standard process, if you like, within the interview for, for the podcast. So can you perhaps give us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Yeah, so a career tip. Well, um, you know, career tips change, don't they? Depend as style and and themes, um, trends change. But one one that has um, stood me in great stead is a phrase I use a lot: practice your spontaneity. <laughs> and what do, I, what do I mean by that, Phil? So we often find ourselves in situations that, with a little bit of pre thought and planning we may have been able to predict. Um, And one of the things that I teach my Eddie team and staff um, is to be as prepared as possible for as many eventualities as possible. Um, So we make everything, I'm going to say, fingers crossed, you know, we make everything look smooth and slick. We make everything look relaxed. We understand our audience, but that's because we are really prepared. We've practiced our spontaneity. So, um, that's I, I just don't th- I know it sounds very traditional and old school, but I just don't think that you can beat preparation. No, you can't. Absolutely right. Okay. And Caroline, can you share with us your worst career moment and what you learned from that experience? Yeah, so um um I won't mention any names here. Um, but my worst I guess my one of my worst career moments has really been, and we all make, you know, we all make mistakes. We need to make mistakes to learn from them. That's the whole tenet of innovation anyway. But um, I feel that um, I had a, 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 a short a, a short opportunity working for an organisation um, and I realised quite early on that I didn't actually really believe in their product and their methods uh, and uh, it made me quite unhappy. Um, we had sort of portraying myself as part of this organization and trying to put forward their their products and their um you know the methodologies as something that I would recommend to other clients so um it, it kind of sort of tested my authenticity and my values um and I, it was really important actually because I realized I realized what I kind of already knew which is um I don't operate well unless I have a strong belief in the, the values of the organization that I'm working in so um, that was that was a really good learning moment and it's something that I don't think that I will um, I'll find myself in that situation again hopefully. No absolutely do you think there's anything you could have done to identify that before you joined the company or, or was it more to do with once you were there and understanding the culture and the values? Yeah, I think I probably could. I think I could you know this was this was a fair this was quite a long time ago. I would ask better questions now. Um, certainly back then I felt that the interview I probably um, thought the interview was for them to find out about me um, and now I think it's the opposite way around here it's the, the interview for, uh, is opportunity for yeah, you to find out are, are they a good fit for you am I going to select this organization as, as much as vice versa so um, that's why I feel quite confident well firstly as a CEO of an organization fingers crossed I'll be the one doing the interviewing, <laughs> um, and um, you know, as I hope that Eddie will continue to grow. But but certainly now, I recognise that if a company isn't interested in you exploring their values, then they the values are probably not ones that are going to match yours. Yeah, that's very true. I, I do think as well that that when companies often interview people, they do sort of focus on the role. 
and what's required rather than necessarily what the company and the organizations are, is like. So I think it is up to the candidate often at the end when they get the opportunity to ask questions. Asking questions specifically about the organization is actually a good a good thing to do. That That's really when you can actually draw out the information that you need to be able to make that evaluation. I completely agree. But I think it's I think it's crucial, Phil. And I think the way that they answer those questions um, tell you a lot. Uh, especially if you're being interviewed by somebody who perhaps is going to be your direct line management, um, you know, that's even more important because you're going to be dealing with those people regularly. Yes, exactly. Okay, Caroline, can you tell us about your career highlight? I hope I haven't had it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably clarify that and say so far. So far, so far. Well, abs- I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean, the day that Eddie was incorporated um, is a career highlight. Um, I, oh, goodness me, that was, um, you know, moving out of a big global organisation with all the comforts that that comes with and setting up a startup um, is, you know, it's not for the faint-hearted, for sure. Um, and where, and and also having, you know, having, having a lot of... Um, contacts and clients and connections uh, in your you know your digitized little black book um, that, that you've kind of collected over the years um, and then wondering okay um, every we've had a lot of positive comments we've had a lot of um, verbal support is this actually going to translate and convert into business um, so my, one of my career highlights will will always be creating Eddie launching you know our, our flagship program which is digital minds um and finding that there were actually people out there who wanted to buy it and put their hand in their pocket to put their people on the program so that was absolutely a career highlight um as well as you know signing the eddie incorporation documents with my very special pen phil <laughs> the special pen doesn't come out very often but it did on that occasion um and then so quickly following on from them, from then in in kind of you know technology design thinking, um, moving from launching Digital Minds as the flagship product to really quite quickly afterwards creating different products um, within Eddy, um, uh, innovation for leaders, uh, digital safaris, teaching business practitioners uh, the value of technology, um, recognizing that you know that the, there was more to be had from um from eddie and programs and ways in which we could help people be really engaged and energized about their their careers in, in insurance um that those are really good feelings to have good okay um, and caroline can you tell us what excites you about the future of careers in tech so much so much um firstly um i'm a real advocate of uh, making sure that we have a really diverse community in technology so I do uh, I work with an organization in the UK called the STEMETs uh, which might give you some idea by their name there they are uh, they are real um, they are a non-profit organization who support female talent in technology um, science technology um, engineering math subjects so um I'm really excited to make technology accessible um, because back in actually technology being more of a male um, domain back in the day 
was actually what attracted me to it. Uh, I was kind of wanted to prove that um, that I could flourish in uh, you know what was what was considered to be quite a non-female environment. Um, so always been up for a challenge. So I'm excited about helping bring technology and technological careers to to the masses. Um, I'm excited about bringing technological careers to people, older people. Uh, we often in insurance talk about the next generation of talent. Um, and I'm a bit like creating digital minds because I needed a club I could be part of. One of the things I'm you know, really passionate about is that a lot of our talent is already in the industry and has been in this industry for decades. Um, and with, you know, the economies being as they are, probably may be even working a lot longer than they may have originally hoped for. Um, so technology, I'm looking forward to bringing older people into the technology world as well. But what really excites me, really, really, really excites me, almost as much as my special pen, um, is how technology is now becoming just the tool and how the human-centered aspects of using technology, designing technology and steering technology is coming more to the fore. So if we're looking at artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, of course, of course, some of those um, topics are, are can can be scary and cause anxiety. But ultimately, what we've got to recognise is that is the human in the loop, just the human in the training process that's really going to make that, um, you know, really going to make it fit for purpose. So. I finally stopped having to focus on shortcut keys and pressing F7 and can really now get involved with the psychological aspects of how we can make technology work for us. Yes, absolutely. It will be very interesting, won't it, with AI in particular, what happens within the insurance industry, because I can see AI is going to be a big factor as, as the industry matures and particularly around technology anyway massively i mean massively i mean you look at things like you know digital twins um all that kind of data that we're going to be uh, that, that we're already able to access but we don't yet quite know really what to do with it um so the, you know the more we can the more we've got programs that that can you know, give us insights um we tell them you know we need to tell it what sort of insights that we want we need to be able to feedback to support that loop um, I'm just really excited about how we can potentially you know, do even better work for our clients. Yes. Good. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> so what first attracted you to a career in tech? What attracted me to a career in tech? Uh, it attracted me because it was a challenge. It was something that in the 80s wasn't female-dominated, and I, I don't like that. So <laughs> I wanted to prove a point. Right. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? The best career advice? Good. Let's have a little filter. Ooh, um... The best career advice I've ever received is don't wait until you need a network to build one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, you've, you've got to go out there and do it, haven't you? That That's the key to that. Absolutely. You've got to be brave. You've got to be brave. Stop, you know, don't, don't think that, um, you know, don't overestimate everybody else's ability. <laughs> they probably feel the same way as you do. So, you know, be, be fake your confidence if you have to, but get out there and do it. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? Oh, you need to specialise in something. 
you've started so you need to finish I hate that advice I think it's terrible <laughs> right and if you were to begin your career again in today's world what would you do I would probably um I feel fortunate actually because the psychological side of things is something that really interests me behavioral side of things really interests me but I don't like to focus you know I like to know enough about a, a large number of subjects so I think I probably would go more into psychological behavior but what really interests me is the ability to be able to pair that with digital acceleration and technology and combine the human and the android side of it. Okay. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? So Eddie uh, um, is in its third year. So the what I would really like to do, um, so what we are doing brilliantly with Eddie is we are bringing we're demystifying technology for non-tech people and we are helping people from insurance world and a corporate world become more design thinkers. Um, we're looking to globalise Eddie. So we want to create that innovation for all movement. And, and my career objective is to create a model um, using some of the great things that we have learned and digitalised in our other programmes and to um, to seek partners for those um across the globe very good and what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far Hmm. um i would have said originally it was my memory but now that i'm over 50 i don't think i have one anymore (laughs) anymore Uh, hopefully that'll come back at some point um i would say something that i used to think was just a personality but now i recognize as a skill um it's being able to uh, you know have great questioning be able to bring energy uh, the power of being able to connect <clears throat> with people and to connect people and ultimately also respecting other people. Yes. And what do you do to keep your own career energised? Uh, well, I'm really lucky in that I love what I do. Um, I'm a perpetual learner. I'm surrounded. I've got a really, I've got a great network of people who think differently to me, but I've also got a, uh, a, a fantastic inner circle of five particular really talented women who keep me fresh with their perspective and also keep me keep me on my game with competitiveness because they always seem to be learning something new um, and I, I, yeah, I need to keep up. But you've got to keep up, yeah. But having that perpetual learn and be stimulated by people who are interesting and interested. Yeah. And... I don't know whether this is possible, but what do you do in your spare time away from technology? <laughs> it's definitely possible. It's probably, it's not away from technology because I use technology, but I am a science fiction fiend in right. particular, aliens and zombies. In fact, I'd probably say I'm a zombie <laughs> junkie. So yeah, anything to do with um, immersing myself in a really, you know, a, 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 well, actually I really like, I like, um, Good quality zombies, actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, science fiction. My husband hates it because he's really not a science fiction fan. But you okay. will find me watching World War Z, watching The Last of Us, or essentially anything that is future-focused and has a lot of gore in it. Oh, right. Okay. So a bit of a combination of escapism and gore and horror. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Good. Okay. So Caroline, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? 
Yeah, so um, I guess one of the things that I would always say to people, especially women, because women tend to sometimes think about why they can't do something rather than why they can, but it's not just a female thing. I would I would say if somebody offers you an opportunity that you want, say yes and figure out how to do it afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. I think people tend to put up sort of false walls, don't they, in terms of being able to feel they have confidence of doing something they always find reasons why not as opposed to why they can absolutely absolutely and you know setting yourself a challenge it's what you learn about yourself on the journey it's not the it's not the outcome and the ultimate result that's really important indeed exactly good and caroline how can we find out more about you and connect with you a number of different ways. Um, please do connect with me on LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn a lot. LinkedIn is one of the tech platforms that I'm really impressed, actually, with the way that it has evolved over the years. Um, so find that as a good example. So connect with me on LinkedIn, Caroline Bedford. Um, you can um, you can come up to our website, uh, which is uh, www eddie.group that is e-d-i-i.group uh, or you can send us an email um or you can follow our youtube channel so um do and you can see some of the uh, videos that we do with some of the clients that we work with and some of our design thinking tips and techniques um there's a number of ways to connect just find one fantastic Caroline, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been great chatting with you. You are very welcome. I have really enjoyed it. And um, maybe I'll go off and watch a zombie film now. (laughs) Very good. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, Please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.